you know, like Paul, Paul has some of those sentences we looked at before. And if you, like, I remember David Wade and Derek Kelly tried to, uh, they were both English, English geeks. They both tried to dissect, right, diagram the sentence uh, from Ephesians chapter 4. It's like one massive run-on sentence with so many amazing things. And I feel sad that we don't have time today to get into everything that's in here. But there's so much good news in here about God's desire to multiply his divine power and the peace that brings everything intact to you. Real quickly, what would you look at that scripture and say, where does it come from? How does grace and peace come to you? How is it multiplied to you? Through our knowledge of God. Does anybody know what that word knowledge means? Intimate knowing, experience. There is an idea, the word the dad said, understanding. That word in the New Testament is so powerful because it means to be able to stand up under. It has this idea, like there's, a, there's an umbrella that's there and I can come and experience the umbrella. One of our favorite Christmas movies is Christmas with the Cranks. And in this movie, the guy who ends up being Santa Claus keeps trying to sell Tim Allen's character an umbrella. And he's like, I don't need an umbrella. I'm just running to the store. And he comes out, and he's like soaked, and he's drenched, and a car splashes him. And then, like, the canopy, the, 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 the cloth canopy, collapses on him. He's like, I don't need an umbrella. Right? It's like, I need any, I need any grace and peace that God's given me. I want to be up under it. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to have debates about it. I want to be able to be under the grace and peace that God is laying out. But it comes through knowing Him. And there's something crazy about knowing Him. And again, we don't have time to dive into all of this today. But there's something crazy about knowing Him that He says that together with all the saints, I can experience the height and the breadth and the length and the depth of His love. That is not something that on my own I can have access to the fullness of. Can I access some of God's grace on my own? Yeah. Can I access some of his peace on my own? Yes. But his design was that in his body, each joint would supply the need of God. Grace and peace be multiplied. Skip to the end of that, of that passage, skip to verse 4. There are these exceedingly great and precious promises, and through, everybody say through, through those, by the power that comes from us knowing him. Through those, we get to become partakers of the divine nature. Now, Luke's going to come and share about this in just a second, in his own words. But does anybody have a translation that uses a different word than partaker? I, I like that translation. That's what I was looking for. Partaker, almost as the idea of like there's a buffet over there, you can go grab some. But we're not talking about something we're consuming. What Rick's translation says is it's through these promises that we get to become participants in the divine nature. What does the word divine mean? Holy, it means God. What does the word nature mean? In this context. That's creation. This is less talking about like going out into nature, right? This is more about its like second nature, character. The word nature, we use the word natural, right? So check it out. You and I were called to participate in what's natural to God. This was his design. This was his plan. And we get to be participants in it. Not observers. We were, there is a difference between someone who is participating in the divine nature and an onlooker. Does that make sense? And so I realized this. Uh, the conversation we're having this morning and the desire that's in my heart is less about a model of leadership that's decentralized and more about 
us living in a way where there's accessibility for us to participate in the things that are actually thought. Does that make sense? Yep. No? Yeah, I'll repeat it again. When we talk about simple church, and specifically the conversation today, it has less to do with a model of church that is decentralized and more to do with a value of, I believe, that our core, we were made to be participants in his divine nature, and we all need to have access to that. And if we are doing life in a way that only a few people get to be participants, and what we think about as church, then there's a huge gap in what is natural to God. We have taken what was biblically normal and have made it the exception. We have we've made we've allowed cultural norms to become our expectation of what life should be. Whereas there's actually these promises that we get to participate. And through them, and I love the word through because it's like I walked in to the church that I was co-pastor in, in, in North Carolina. I walked into that, and at that place, that seven years became a hallway to me. And through that hallway, I left, and the Lord had done things that I walked through that season of life. Does that make sense? You are all in different seasons of life. Mike and Sierra, you are not, you are not in the season that you were in two years ago. That was a good season. And in some ways, I know Sarah, you and I had a lot of time to talk about the precious things that God was doing in that season. And there may be times in your current season that you wish there were some elements of, from that season. But it's not because this season isn't good. But there will be times in five seasons from now, you're like, man, that was really important. So God wants to do something in every season, in his people, in his family. But it's never for us just to be casual observers. It's we're invited to participate. Luke, can you come share a little bit about what that looked like a bit for you? Go ahead. By the way, Luke and John are getting ready to bug out. Get in the car and drive for a week to get to Seattle. So some of you were here last week when we prayed and sent John out. Um, I'm really thankful that they're here this morning. Luke, share with us, man. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll just share, like, some of the practicals of what's in our heart for what we're going to do this summer, Simple Church-wise. Um, I originally was not going to be in Kuroshi at all. I was going to be in Africa, learning how to disciple people and evangelize and do that sort of thing. And Robert was going to be nowhere in Bethel or somewhere. Yeah, something completely different. But the Lord worked in both of our lives and both felt like it was important to be in Grove City and like the Lord was doing stuff in Grove City this summer. Um, which is exciting. Yeah, it's good. This morning I was thinking about all the other things that we could be doing. Uh, but really felt like the Lord just wants to just like be here. Um, and I guess our vision to to create a place so like simple church wise, um, like me, Robert, Chase, slash small specifically to create a space for people who aren't comfortable with a typical Sunday morning like church setting um, to come and experience the gospel and be a part of a family. Um, but also to really like, live missionally. Uh, so recently on Tuesdays and Thursdays we've been going to Memorial Park and it's like prayer walking or playing basketball. So I like call that prayer balling. Uh, and we've just been like doing that for a while and then afterwards we worship and we're just like talking to people, loving on people. Uh, yeah, and, and just like waiting for the Lord to reveal to us hungry hearts or like who the Holy Spirit is like already working in. Um, and yeah, I think like in my heart, there's just this expectation that the Lord's going to show up because like he brought us here and like he's calling us to do this, like we're not engineering this thing, we're not creating it. Uh, so yeah, I just really believe there are like, there are a lot of lost people that are going to experience the gospel through us just being willing to make ourselves available this summer here. Um, yeah, so it's good. Um, I think. I think going forwards, we're going to start, like, we're going to do worship stuff and prayer walking. I think we're going to start kind of, like, later in June, July, uh, meeting more, like, formal simple church type format. Um, if you're interested in, like, being a part of that, you're free to come talk to me. Also, if you're interested in, like, partnering with us in prayer, that'd be amazing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't need prayer. We all need prayer. And, yeah. So, um, can you can you tell people who don't know this is kind of the story of you and Saul's going out and the farm? Yep. Yep. Um, so a lot of you miss Smalls slash Chase. Um, we he was playing basketball and met uh, met this guy named Juan who a bunch of you know by now. Um, 
Fawn, long story short, Fawn was in a rough place in life, pretty suicidal. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna get into all the details, but moved in with us, kind of a last ditch thing, and we're just like praying for him pretty consistently. He's like refusing to eat food or talk to us, and we're just like praying for him. And uh, the gospel just moves his life, and the testimony is incredible. Um, and he just gives his life to the Lord. Um, I think it's like being in being in our household is so powerful because it wasn't like he just experienced some of the Lord like occasionally. He was just like living in in this culture of like following Jesus and yeah, uh, so he gave his life to the Lord. And man, yeah, he's now he, he was here last night praying over people, uh, <laughs> seeking the Lord for miracles, and he's just like a completely new person. Like there's no way I could get put into it. Like, put the weight of, of what happened here, where it's probably the most incredible thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, and I think, so the craziest thing about that one was, like, two things. One, it was, like, like all we did was make ourselves available. I feel like everything else in life that I've accomplished is, like, I've worked so hard for. It was, like, I just didn't really do anything other than, like, seek the Lord. And he did everything for me. Uh, like, he brings the harvest, and I just, like, made myself available, which I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. It's pretty amazing. Um, and two, also Chase's willingness to like, like there was just a lot of stuff in their relationship that was not good, uh, but Chase was like willing to, there's just a lot of forgiveness there and willing to invite him into our lives, uh, which has been like really messy and costly. Um, yeah, just like a lot of forgiveness and there's just so much food for that. Yeah, he, he won't be around Grove City for much longer, um, but we should be doing stuff for this like next month. Thank you. Now we're I'm gonna keep uh, you can sit down, but we're gonna keep talking about this for a second. Hey, get ready to come and share. It's, it's okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm, just, I'm, giving, you, I'm giving you I'm giving you a couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, and Anna, I would like for you to get ready to come and share. Okay. And Ben, I would like for you to be ready to come and share. Specifically, I'll give you I'll give you the specifics of Katie, just about your journey, your simple church has been like over the last year and a half. Anna, what your relationship with Luke and, and walking in that as well. And then I remember Ben driving years ago to go spend time regularly with Luke. Should <laughs> <laughs> right? Now, okay, so here's the thing. We're not glorifying what an expression looks like. Because how many of you would not feel like you would be at your best playing basketball Tuesday and Thursday nights? Right? So if that's what success looks like, is you have to go play basketball and meet someone at the basketball court, then only a few people can do that. That's not accessible. Does that make sense? Yeah. That is not, so I would actually encourage you, don't ask Luke, unless you really feel like if you're, like now is not the time, hey, here's our seven small groups, find one. That's not what we want. We actually are, are really, I've asked people who participate in life in the Grove, I've said it a couple times to those who are here, we want to start, I want to do whatever we can to encourage relationships at the most prime number level. What's the prime number? One. One, three, five. One, three, five, yeah. So then you can get pretty big prime numbers. But the idea is this. We just did a circle the last month. For those of you who have showed up on Sunday mornings, we've been in a circle. And I've heard from more, I've heard, heard more out of some of your mouths in the last month by there not being a microphone and someone in charge and just like asking questions that I've heard for some of you in years. And it's not because I ask questions almost every time I'm speaking. And usually people are like, but like a few weeks ago, I'm like, I don't know how to wrap this up because there was so much good input and things I've been reading these scriptures for years and things I've never thought of. And so it's not just about a format. Please hear me. What we're talking about is not church as a model. We're talking about the, the, the building blocks of we get to participate in the divine nature. Does that make sense to everybody? And so wanting, whether that is, I mean, Steph and I had a beautiful conversation yesterday. And there are times when Steph, I mean, Steph is one of the most sold out people I know. And Steph would sell everything she had every week and give it away every week. And there's a lot of weeks that she wished that's what, what happened. Her heart is so radical for Jesus. And we're talking about what does it mean to daily use our lives. 
But she was telling me one of the struggles is there's some days she's like, she's ready to go all in. There's other days that she feels like, I don't know how to move and do one more thing. So if being, if being like a, if being someone who walks in a lifestyle of following Jesus means you always have to be on, and you have to be like in the Amazon reaching people and ready to be shot with arrows, then that's not something that we can all do in all seasons. And for some of us, that's something that, like, right now, John and Janine are serving. They are, they are living with Jan. And they, there are days it doesn't necessarily, like, feel in the moment, I'm sure. Like, that is the most exciting thing. But that was what God put in our heart. And, guys, like, I, I have watched God be faithful when we willing to say, God, what does it look like at this moment for me to lose my life to you? For some of you, it means slowing down and allowing the Lord to bring healing to your life. For some of you, it means taking the courage to get outside of yourself. Ben and I often talk about therapeutic Christianity. And we live in a culture where, like, listen, cult, like, the things that can be considered, listen, there's so many reasons not to participate in the gospel. It will lead you into places that stretch you beyond your ability. The gospels are about our ability to manage it. But we can do that in a way that's healthy. We can do that together in a way where we experience His goodness. We can do it where we're sharing each other's burden. How many of you ever felt crushed by what you stepped out under and you felt alone in it? And the reflex is, I don't want to do that again. And so learning to yield, learning to walk and like to get involved in what First John talks about, where there's a level of love relationship that we're walking in, I don't like it. I get offended by it. I've been trying to like go down this path a long time talking last night. Like it's been like 15 years since I felt the Lord really led me down this specific path. And I still get offended when I read Jesus that greater love has no one than this that a man lay down his life for his friend. I feel a lot better about laying down my life for Jesus than I do for Doug. And it's not because I don't love Doug, but I know there's places that Doug and I think differently and see differently. And I, oh, Doug, if you'll see things my way, then I'll lay down my life for you. That's not, that's not the equation. That's not the instruction, is you lay down your life for people who are doing exactly what you want, is we learn to lay down our lives for others. Jesus wasn't just saying that about himself, right? That was in the same conversation where he says, I have a new commandment. How many of you can remember a time whenever the Lord updated his commandment? Any other, any other times? Like, you've heard it said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I have something new for that. I have an update. Get rid of that old idea. Here's a new one. Love one another the way I love you. Guys, I'm never going to be able to do that on my own strength. I'm never going to get good enough at hugging. I'm never going to get good enough at love that I can do that by my own strength. I have to do that by the power of the Spirit. I have to do that by communion with him. And sometimes that's in the midst of the mundane, sometimes that's stretching out, right? Katie, can you come talk real quick about what your simple church experience has been like in the last year and a half? I don't have anything specific that I want you to say. <laughs> no, I'm not to ask. What do you want me to say? Um, so we did start out as a simple church. It started out as people going through culture to be together because we were planning on doing something to grow again back in 2020. And with COVID and everything, we're like, oh, let's not do this. But there are some people who really wanted to do something to grow. So, Brad and I were talking like, well, what if I just like had a Bible study group where we went through culture, I guess a book study. Culture group is not the Bible. But yeah, it's like, let's just have a book study group that goes through culture to put together. There are a couple people, Sarah being one of them, that I asked to be part of that. It's like, hey, you might not have been thinking of doing something in Europe, but like, you get cultured with you pretty well. Can you kind of come to someone else who understands us a little bit more already? Um, so sorry as that, I was very clear for that we were not in the church because I was in a pretty, I mean, yeah, you guys know, 2020 ended up, we planned all of that, and then so we died, and then I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm supposed to be reading this book study right now? Um, yeah. 
It was very messy. There was lots of me yelling on my couch about these cliche things that people that I love dearly were saying. And I was like, yeah, but what do you do when someone kills themselves? And just like, I mean, honestly, like just that level of uh, honesty, I guess, and vulnerability, and like, like I personally was in a place where like, there was no choice. Like, if these people are gonna sit in my house in my living room and we're gonna talk about what it means to follow God and love Jesus and love other people, like I was working through, and still sometimes I am working through like really difficult questions with that and yeah. I constantly was wondering like am I am I ruining Luke right now by saying these things because he's super excited about healing and then I'm going on the couch like yeah but what about when God doesn't heal like let's talk about that like, I don't want to talk about that <laughs> but like that's ironic actually thinking of healing uh, yeah. and then God doesn't heal sometimes yes. Uh, yeah so then I would, we finished going through culture to be together and decided to stay together and become more of like an actual civil church and move through John and started having dinner together because we realized we had a really hard time getting into the word because we just liked each other and wanted to hang out and be friends because these people who like never knew each other were now really wanted to be friends with each other and like talk about our weeks and um, yeah, so we've been doing that for the last year-ish and now, probably like a month ago, started really hardcore sensing like, all right, the season is changing both within our super church and within our UX and Luke's multiplying and the rest of us are praying about and figuring out where we're multiplying and going and does that mean we stay together? Does that mean we all kind of infiltrate other little simple churches that are starting? Who's leading? Those are all questions we don't have. Like a lot of us don't have answers to as of yet. Um, but we're working through together and hoping that today we'll help provide some clarity there. So we're at least committed to meeting together for like another week or two. Like we committed to meet together through after this Sunday. And then we'll talk, we'll talk on Wednesday and see if this Sunday will bring some clarity for the rest of us. So, out of that group, I mean, the conversations that Katie had with me were very real of like, I don't want to mess these kids up. I think one of the things I've heard from some of you, especially those of you who went through life in the road, is you, you question whether or not you have something that you can invest. I'm not, by the way, please don't hear me. I don't think everybody should go start a simple church. But Katie was pretty much on E and felt she had nothing to give. But at the same time, felt like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't tell her, Katie, you have to do this book study. This is culture that you for crying out loud. <laughs> You've got to do it. <laughs> but to watch how God showed up, and guys, it's, it's as much about the personal development that I saw happening before there was any outward development. We did talk about the metric of this simple church that sent out John. This simple church has been a part of the process with Matthias, and Matthias is leaving to go to the park. This simple church has been a part of the process of Luke uh, participating in the gospel. But that would only be really the outward expressions of things that happened in, in Sierra and Jess. I mean, like, things are happening as people learn. And as far as I know, I mean, there were times, like, I had a conversation all within the same 10 days, and people were like, man, we got to go deeper. And what started out is, like, oh, it could be this way. It's like, all of a sudden, like, no, we got to go deeper. And I kept saying, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you waiting for Katie to, like, all of a sudden, like, power up and get a better series? Like, that's not how this works. And as they began to have conversations, we saw fruitfulness take place. Does that make sense? So this is one thing, this is one example, one expression. Anna, can you come share just a little bit? Guys, we're going to try to um, have Anna share. I'm going to say that I'll share just, just maybe 30 or 40 minutes and like take you to talk about food. Uh, and then Abigail's going to share real quick. 
Just what, what is the life? Isn't that the worst? I love you all. So, I guess two summers ago, this when your back started moving, right? So it was like two summers ago that Luke was living up here. No, it was last one. Was it last one? I thought we prayed for you like. Yeah, two summers ago, he moved here. Last right. Time. Right. But yeah, it's what I'm saying. In fact, so two summers ago, he moved here, and his back was hurting. And he asked people to pray for him. And so I prayed for his back to be healed. But I felt like the Lord spoke this word to me that what needed to be healed was not just his back, but like things were much deeper than that. And I didn't show that with him then because I was like, I don't think he has a framework for this. I'm just going to pray into it, and we'll just see what the Lord does. And so then he ends up moving into a house on our street it's like three houses down and I just see him around and just random conversations and aka the Holy Spirit and and I just was like man I really see something in you Luke like I'm gonna go through this video series of hearing God's voice do you want to just like come sit and I, I knew he didn't have a friend for like come let me disciple you so I was like come to my house on nap time and we'll watch Mark Kirkler teach on hearing God's voice and we'll just go from there and I'm like, it's really helpful. It's one of the most distinct, best teachings I've heard God's voice I've ever come across. So I like watching it again just because I always learn something. And so from there, Luke just... Pause, pause. So just because we're not going to have time, we're not going to have time for this, but that poem you've been carrying, that understanding, this is a helpful resource. Doug has been talking about this for a decade. And offering and just sharing through sometimes for Doug, to be honest with you, the most painful is what Katie was walking through. Some of the same questions that Katie's asking, Doug's asking. But he had this one thing, and he shared it. And he said, hey, in a simple church a few years ago, we can go through this. And it's important. John, how important is just in, just in a couple sentences? How important is like things you learned from Mark Verkler or conversations you had? How important has that been in your journey? Life-changing, right? Like, there, there was not a document that went out by AOX official that said, thus saith the Lord, you will use more nuclear resources. It was because people were sharing from what they had. So, initially we would watch them, mostly all the way through. But probably by, like, the fifth session... It was mostly just us dialoguing and him being like, I was practicing your God's voice. Like, do you think that this is what, like, do you think this is God? And we would just, we just started going really deep and, and just walking to, and just following Jesus together. And it was in a season, I was pregnant with Ryland. And like, so I had space to just really go deep with the Lord. And the Lord just was like depositing things in me that I know I'm going <laughs> to need to access for the next like 10 years because there's like a but Luke was a huge part like I learned so much and I gained so much from walking with Luke but yeah I gave a lot to him also but discipleship isn't just follow Anna and she'll give you all the answers it was like no together we are following Jesus and together we are growing and maturing and being made like him and from there now, I get to walk with Robert, but I also get to be a part of like what's going on in their house and the guy scraper, hanging out, <laughs> worshiping, praying, <laughs> doing all sorts of things, and uh, doing pulls. Have you been part of that simple church? No, I haven't. I've come over and hang out with So this is important. I wanted to talk about this out. She's doing life-on-life relationship. It's not happening because of a small group meeting. This is why we're not talking about starting small groups. Because if you exchange a Sunday morning for a Tuesday night, you exchange this room for someone's living room or someone's porch, but you're still just kind of showing up, then you just swapped locations. You swapped buildings. You swapped formats. You swapped book covers. But the essential thing is, are we being activated to participate with God? Beyond ourselves. Does that make sense? Okay. Anything else you want to say real quick? Or that good? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give a clap offer to the Lord. And to the Lord. Okay. Ben, can you come uh, talk about like your journey 
whenever you first started recognizing you want to invest in me. Anything else you want to say? Of why it matters for community. Hi guys. 
So we're going to go to the UK, London, today, which is great. Um, but I wanted to like, share why we're going. Um, so a couple months we were in Seattle, and Luke was there. Um, and we were like having conversations, and he was like, yeah, it's like, like, a, like asking people to pray, like making like, decisions, like something I do on myself. And I was like, in my inside, I was like, community needs to be like involved with like, things around you. And like after he flew back, I was like, oh shoot, like I'm doing like the same thing I feel like I would say. Like I want to have community as a part of my house. I'm just like thinking about just like life changing decisions by myself. Um, so, um, as I've been praying, I feel like the word like really, really saying to like, just like become like rooted in this community and like really be present here um, and like live life with people. And so as I've been praying, I've like tried to like talk to a couple people, but uh, I'm not sure if this is, this is um, so, for the past, like, several months, I've been, like, really, like, what am I doing after high school? Like, I don't know what life will look like. And when we were inside, like, the Lord pretty clearly told me to, like, not go to college. And I was like, uh, what? Um, we were actually at, uh, we were in Portland. And we were, we drove there to hear the guy, with, I'm not sure how many of you like, know about Grammy Rising, but we were there to hear him speak, like the person who wrote it. And I was like sitting in the back of the room and like the Lord just like kind of like re, like, reminded me of like what like my heart was for uh, Europe and England and the UK. Um, and just was like, really speaking about moving towards and like praying about going there. So that we're going, that was like asked to go to be a part of um, the French Round the Table Conference is what we went to in Israel. Um, but as like, we prayed, we thought the Lord was really saying we need to all go and like stay extra to pray about me moving there after high school, which feels really weird. Um, but it's like the word like really speaking that like I don't want to like wait until I'm like about to leave in two months. Like wherever I go, if I end up going to college or if I end up moving to like another town, like whatever it is, um, like I don't want to like wait to have like people be a part of this like process and a part of like this like journey that I'm like seeing the Lord speak about like after. School. And so I was like, I really want to like, invite you all in to what I've heard this journey is if like if I end up moving to the UK in like two years or like whatever uh, ends up happening. But or if I just stay here for an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> like whatever it is, I like wanna like bring you guys in and really like have you guys be part of this journey and I just like realized like I just I want to be part of community, but I don't actually share what the is doing in my life with like a lot of people. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be going and being part of their like the conference, and then just like prayer walking, and then connecting with like one of the leaders of Twenty Four Seven, which is what I would ideally like to be involved with if I go. Um, yeah, is there anything else? Like, All right, real quick, turn to First Corinthians chapter fourteen. And let me give you some thoughts um, of, of action steps from here. I really want to honor Micah English. Um, one of the things that I think is difficult in Holy Spirit help here. There's a cultural understanding that we have about what church should look like. And I want to really be clear that I'm not talking about being anti-that culture, right? I'm not trying to be, let's come against church culture, that's not the goal of this. But does it make sense to you that like, I, I think there's beautiful traditions throughout church history. 
But I don't want to elevate those traditions beyond what God's word clearly speaks about. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah? So, my mom and I were talking last night. And I, you know, I grew up in a church culture in the South, in the Bible Belt in the 80s. You had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We had Sunday school before Sunday morning church, and we had training union before Sunday night church. We had a lot of church. And Thursday night, we went on visitation, and Saturday morning, there was prayer meeting. We, we were at church a lot. And I am so thankful for the things that God formed in me in that. Like, I have said publicly, and I've said in conversations hundreds of times, about the value of me learning to pray by going with my dad to men's prayer meeting. I, I saw men that looked like giants weeping over people who didn't know Jesus. And that shaped something in my heart that I can't get away from. It became a part of my normal. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying that was bad. But I am saying there was almost like such a routine to it. It felt like doing it that way was like this must be how you're supposed to do it. Does that make sense? We got so into that form of things that that became the standard. I remember the first time I heard of a church that went in on Wednesday night, they went on Thursday night, and I thought, oh, they must be liberals. <laughs> Because why would you not meet on Wednesday night? Don't you know it's the perfect night? It's got to be in the Bible someplace. You, you have church on Wednesday night. It's the midweek service. Or I'm serious. I'm not being, like whenever I found out there were churches that didn't have Sunday school. I was like, do they even know there's a Bible? It felt so traumatic. Not, Sunday school's great. But it was like, I thought Sunday school was equal to the Bible. I'm not upset at anybody, but I just want to honor Mike and Lish. I think we've had more meals in their home than any other home. And that's biblical. Having people in, your, in our homes for dinner, that's actually something the New Testament talks about. It encourages us to do and break bread together. And that's way more biblical than having five church services a week. And making space and valuing that I know there are times that Mike and Lish will be really intentional having people in their homes. And people are like, why are Mike and Lish around? Well, they're practicing part of what they see in Scripture, and maybe you don't see it. But like in doing that, they're actually practicing part of what the Scripture teaches us to do. Does that make sense? Yes, no? Is Micah and Lish having somebody over for dinner? Is that official AOX? But can I tell you, that's as pure of what I believe church looks like. And so, like my dad, I have quotes that the, that the church secretary, when my dad was a teenager, told her, my dad had this woman named Miss Lennon who told him all these like Yoda things, Yoda for Jesus things. And they have shaped my life since I was a little kid. Miss Lennon never was preaching in a service, but how impactful was she in your life? That's what I'm talking about. Life on life, as my dad's working around the church, hanging around the church, someone is saying, you're worth investing time into. And so a lot of the things, Dad, I hope this is okay to share. Two years ago, Dad just nodded yes without knowing exactly what I'm gonna say. Well, that's true. See, that's a good attitude right there. All right. Two years ago, right after Sumi died, my mom and dad, I was supposed to go to, to Tennessee and pick them up and go to Florida and have this big trip played out. And my heart was broken and I was tired, and so they came to me. And they said, hey, we don't have to do a big trip. And we just took a few days, and it was the first time since my sister Amy was born, who was 43, that I had a few days just with my mom and dad. Adrian and Abby went and had their own little retreat. And we drove around together. And I listened 
as we drove out of Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia. My dad was weeping, talking about how he wanted his life to make an impact. He wanted the rest of his life to impact others for Jesus. And there was something that happened in the car that day. Dad had mom sit up front. Dad's in the back seat of the car. I looked into his eyes and I heard what he was saying, but it almost didn't compute because he thought he is felt like he still didn't know enough to lead or impact other people. And he said, would you help me be able to impact others? And I'm like, Dad, don't you know that most of the things that I'm able to share and invest in people's life are things that I've learned from you? But there is a way that we do things that doesn't feel like we have anything to participate with. Mike knows he's called a leadership. Right? Mike knows he's going to be a great leader. He knows he's called to that. Do you know exactly how to do that? No. He's got, he's got sometimes he feels like he does not know exactly what it looks like. But if what, Mike, if what Mike's leadership has to look like John Weissman or Ben, it's probably never going to be a runway for Mike to lead. Does that make sense? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. verse 22. Therefore, tongues are assigned for not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But, to pro but prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say, you're out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and he's convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his hearts are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he worships God and reports that God is truly among you. How is it, brethren? Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification, and if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three at the most, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself with God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge, but if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first one keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that you may learn and you may be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches and the saints. There's a lot here, and again, we're just gonna, we're gonna focus on this a little bit. We're not here to talk about tongues and prophecy. We are here to talk about this. We're here to talk about the way that God designed his body. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 are all meant to talk about the way that we can function and come together. And when we come together, there is a place where each of us gets to participate in something. That doesn't mean that you're up front, whether you're in a group of five or a group of 500 but where you know that you are participating in the nature of God. And you're able to bring out of that. Doug is able to bring. Did you know that you're, you're an influential foundational part of uh, the Gospel on Grand Street Simple Church? No. But without Doug sharing this resource that he and Anna wouldn't have said, hey, come do this video series with me. And I believe that is the way that we get to participate together with God. Okay? Now, five-minute warning. Give me your best five-minute attention for practical steps. There are things that we have to be able to do together. Like, for instance, some of you, like, you may feel like, I don't have any direction for what I should do next. And so Luke just said, if I want to do something with him, I can talk to them and become here. Like, it would be really sad if Luke's Simple Church ended up with, like, 20 people just flooding that Simple Church. Because I think they'll be less effective reaching the people their hearts are to reach. Does that make sense? Okay? And you may go and just watch and observe somebody else do church. And that would not be the point of this. 
But if you have in your heart, like, I love, like, Susan has been inviting some women to get together, and they've been, like, reading the scriptures, and some of you have a testimony this week of how much they have needed that. How much they have needed that. And it's just, like, a place where some people are getting together to get in the Word and talk. And the person sent a prayer request out to that group of women, and she said to me, I have needed and cried out for so long to have some people that I would let speak back to life. That's not going to happen here on a Sunday morning. Other great things can happen here on a Sunday morning. Okay? That will be one of them. There are some things I feel like we have to do together. I think we have to create opportunities to pray together. Because what would be really sad is if there's a simple church over here engaging and they got people who need to be prayed for and only three or four of them know about it. We have to be able to know how we can have time to pray together. Does that mean everybody in the room now has to all be together praying? No, but who are you praying with? Who are the people that you know that whether it's getting in the room and praying and hearing them, how many of you get encouraged when someone prays for you and you hear someone praying for you? Like, this is a biblical thing. We were meant to pray with each other. We were meant to be in that spot. I got a chance to have a face-to-face conversation with my wife the other day and pray looking across the table her with both of our eyes open. I'm like, man, this is so holy. And it's different than whenever I'm praying for her and she's not there. It's different when I'm praying for her and uh, I'm leaning down from behind her after I'm getting ready to go to bed. And she's sitting in her chair. It's a different thing. Like, I was made to do that with you. I was, you were made to hear each other. So prayer together is really important. Church at the prime number level is, is there anyone, I'm not asking you to become someone's spiritual mom or dad. You may be in a place where, hey, bro, you want breakfast? Do you plan to eat any time over the next three or four days? Might we share a meal together? Heather, how many miles are you from here? I don't know, miles, six, about 20 minutes, and Okay, so 20 minutes now, 40 minutes then. Heather's important. And it will probably take a long, long time for Heather to show up and just to gather with 20, 40, 50 people for anyone to really get to know her and know what's inside of her. But for someone to say, hey, let's be texting each other this week and let's make a commitment to get a meal together. Like, that's something we can do. And then we can have a conversation. Does that make sense? So, I would really like to... Okay, let me... Last thing before I say my idea. I've asked people I've been talking to, who are you thinking about like investing in? Some of you get really clear answers, some of like, I don't know. So I know everybody maybe have not heard that, but how many of you feel like there are some people that you feel like specifically as you've been praying, God's put some people in your heart that you want to be investing in spending time with your hands? Awesome. So a good next step would be. I would not suggest that you lay out, hey, would you commit to do a single church with me for the next 10 years? <laughs> but if you have someone in your heart that you have not had a conversation to say, hey, can we get together? You've been on my heart as I've been praying about like what it means to follow Jesus together. Does that make sense? Yes? No? That is, that is the type of step I think needs to happen right now. We do not need to announce a bunch of new simple churches and just change forms, change locations. But we need to try to activate so that we are encouraging people to participate in the divine nature. Does that make sense? Anybody else have something you feel like as you've been praying God spoke? Yes, Dad. One thing keeps going through my mind and my heart the why the end of Scripture is very clear about praying one for another. It's difficult for me to pray for Mike about specific things if I'm not around him enough to know what the specific things that he needs prayer for. I believe God answers prayer because I 
heart's desire is communication. You know, you come to Almighty God, He's able to do exceeding and abundantly more than that thing. So there's nothing too hard for you. So if somebody's got a need, but you don't know it, because you're not around that person. So I think one of the things is the more we fellowship with people, the more we get to know them, the more they feel comfortable sharing yeah. the I, I, I think that's really good. No, that's going to stay here. That's going to stay here in just a second. I think prayer is one of the things God's been highlighting. I would like to ask if there's any of you that would commit, for, let's say the next two months, if you would be willing to commit, and I think if we had two or three people who can really commit to this, but I think one of the things, like Sunday mornings is a time a lot of people are available. For you, that may be the time you feel like you for a simple church eventually. We're not there yet. But I think one thing that would be really good is if there are people who can commit to pray on Sunday mornings. If you're in a simple church and you're able to come be here on a Sunday morning, God would do it. But if you're in a simple church and you can't be here on Sunday mornings and you have prayer requests, we started this church with a vision of being a prayer and mission base that would function together. That was one of the things from the very beginning. And so I believe there are things in Mike's heart that have not been fully realized yet as far as what it will look like to see Mike feeling like the things in his heart have happened. But I don't want to see him have to do that on his own. And if he's surrounded by people who are like with him in prayer, like we get to participate in that. Even when we don't necessarily get to be in the room. Does that make sense? So I would really like to ask if you would be willing to say, hey, for the next like two months, I would be like, I would look for a team of three because I don't know I'll probably be here every week for the next two months. But if there would be some people that say, I would commit to, like, take time to help cultivate prayer. It doesn't have to look like what Jerry does on Thursday or on Wednesday mornings. It doesn't have to look like what it does when we have a worship night. Just to get together and pray. I think that would be a huge step. I want to offer this. Uh, this book, Redmond Rising, whenever... It came out with such a blessing to me because I felt like it was describing what God had been put in our hearts and things we were practicing in our Lord's city. It is not a book that you need to read because it has like all these crazy like theological insights. It's really a book of stories, what happens when prayer and the gospel works. So a few of you, we've talked about doing this. I would like to do this in June. I will be getting back the 8th of June. We would have time to order. If you would like to go through this book with us, we're just going to read a few chapters a week, get together, and discuss it. It's not a simple church. It would just be getting together to really pray and allow the testimonies of Jesus to stir our heart. One of the reasons I love it is you shouldn't different types of stories here. Okay? Here's what I feel like we need to do moving forward. I really, really believe we need to take time to seek the Lord together. I don't mean pray about it, like think about it and we'll show up. I mean like to pray. To, to pray, like I've been fasting this last week. And I'm not saying that to both, I'm saying it because I've, I've felt like this is important. I've talked to some of you, you don't know quite what the next steps are. I believe you. But I don't want to just repackage something. This is not a rebrand. Right? We are committed to having regular times of worship. We're committed once a month to have a meal together, trying to pull as many people as a part of our community together. But what it looks like in between there, I don't think the Lord has spoken clearly yet, other than to encourage people to focus on what relationships you can get activated in. That's not the end. We know that's not the end. It's like it's like the little Legos. Like the little you're building with those Legos. You know, you don't, it's hard to build with the really big ones. But those like four by two blocks and, and the two two by two blocks, those are the those are the basic building blocks. That's what we're saying right now. Our church is at a Lego state. We need to get to a basic building blocks. What is God pulling us together for? Where we can see ones and threes and fives and sevens, right? So we can know what it looks like to love Heather well. I don't want Heather to show up here and go in and out and not feel well. I don't want Jim, who can't be here on a Sunday. That guy shows up for almost anything he can that happens after five o'clock. Because he's so desperate. I don't want him to only feel like he's a part of it whenever we're having an official event. I don't want our official position life on life. 
Does that make sense? If you want this, let's do it. Let's pray. We're at the table set up and we'll eat. Okay? If there's any other updates or announcements, we'll do it during that time. Okay? Father, we need your help. I pray that you would be clear in each of our hearts what in this season of life it looks like to be a participant of the divine nature. God, I pray that you would come against any place where one story or one expression gets elevated and that's what we feel like we have to do to measure up. But I pray that we would be able to know what it looks like in our lives now to participate with what you are building and what you are doing. I pray, I pray for a grace for people who maybe they're more naturally focused on the outreach, but they actually will focus on like strengthening the foundation. God, give them the liberty to do that. And I pray, pray for people who feel like, oh, I never have enough. And they need to stretch. Give them the liberty to do that. And in our family, God, I pray those things can happen side by side without comparison. As we share a meal together, I pray that you would be at the center of our feasts and the center of our conversations. We love you, Jesus. We say thank you. Amen.